how should we get around in the future? What should our transportation network look like? Those are some of the questions that feature heavily in today's installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, and this will be a focus in future versions as well. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, and I've been writing about transportation planning for nearly 30 years. Even if you don't think you're that interested in this topic, you probably might be if you have access to stories about these issues. And that's the point of Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I'm grateful to the hundreds of supporters who are helping me to track all of the pieces in motion. This is May 27th, 2022 edition. On today's program, Charlottesville officials weigh in on potential plans to address safety concerns on 5th Street. The nation's top court paves the way for the federal government to calculate the social costs of greenhouse gas emissions. And an American Elm has been honored by a local nonprofit that does such things. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, it's springtime. One Patreon subscriber wants you to know that the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives campaign is a grassroots initiative of motivated citizens, volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. This spring, the group is working with retailers across the region to encourage purchase of plants that belong here and are part of an ecosystem that depends on pollination. There are plenty of resources on the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Facebook page, so sign up to be notified of lectures, plant sales, and more. In a one-sentence order issued last night, the United States Supreme Court has cleared the way for the federal government to study the social cost of greenhouse gas emissions. Here's a section of Section 5 from an executive order issued by President Joe Biden on January 20th, 2021. It is essential that agencies capture the full costs of greenhouse gas emissions as accurately as possible, including by taking global damages into account. That order set up an interagency working group to resume the work of calculating those costs, work that had been stopped by the previous administration. Ten states, led by Republicans, sued to stop the Biden administration from moving forward, and Judge James Kane of the Western District of Louisiana agreed with them in a February ruling granting an injunction. In March, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals allowed the study to proceed, and the matter was appealed to the high court. According to Courthouse News, the one-sentence concurrence with the Fifth Circuit allows the greenhouse gas emission study to proceed pending further executive action. Locally, work continues on efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and also to prepare for the effects of climate change. The city of Charlottesville will hold a community workshop on June 9th on the Climate Vulnerability Assessment. At the corner of Elliott Avenue and Monticello Avenue stands an American elm that a nonprofit group honored in late April as part of Arbor Day. Now, a plaque has been installed marking the elm as the 15th landmark tree put up by the Charlottesville Tree Stewards. They were on hand at Sojourner's Church on Arbor Day this past April 29th to mark the occasion. There's a picture in the newsletter. In the next few installments of this program, there's going to be a heavy focus on transportation. Today, we look at one specific project in the heart of Charlottesville. 
On Tuesday, Charlottesville's elected officials met with the appointed Charlottesville Planning Commission to give feedback on a set of proposals to slow down traffic on 5th Street Extended. Several groups have called upon council to take action to increase safety conditions on the roadway following a string of fatal crashes in 2020. James Fries is the city's director of Neighborhood Development Services. Our consultant team and staff have been working for the last couple of months to expedite a design plan uh, to improve transportation safety. The city is working toward an August 1st deadline to potentially submit projects to the Virginia Department of Transportation for funding through something called the Smart Scale Program. Candidate projects from all across Virginia are scored according to how well they will achieve certain outcomes, such as increasing safety and reducing congestion. For many years, Amanda Ponce was the city's bike and pedestrian coordinator. She left that position late last year to work for EPRPC. The segment of that we're looking at is between Old Ridge Street and Harris Road. Our scope of work really involved reviewing the crash data, conducting a speed study, developing concepts for public review, and ultimately uh, arriving at a final feedback that we can really flesh out with cost estimates and better understanding of some of the engineering issues and things like that for the smart scale submittal. The roadway has been studied before, including a 2018 study conducted by EPR that resulted in two successful smart scale applications. Those are for a turn lane on Cherry Avenue, as well as multimodal improvements on Ridge Street. We'll hear more about those tomorrow. A third project um, that involved pedestrian improvements at the Cherry Ridge intersection was also funded by VDOT outside of that project study, but is being lumped into these other two because there's some overlap there. Since that 2018 study, there have been a series of fatal crashes, and EPR's work concludes that many of those are related to intersections. All of the fatalities were related to speeding. Ponce said a survey was conducted this spring, which yielded over 700 responses. Really, the, the top thing we heard was concern about people's driving behavior, whether it's reckless driving or red light running or just, you know, a... Uh, uh, Poor, poor driving behavior. There are several potential solutions to consider, such as a roundabout, a restricted crossing U-turn, and guardrails to prevent people from hitting trees. Another option would be to remove the trees, which Ponce said would go against the spirit of the city's Streets That Work plan. Restricted crossing U-turns have been used in Virginia before. Ponce explains how one would work on 5th Street. People coming from the side street, so for example, Bailey Road or Old Ridge, they would first make a right turn. Uh, the median openings that are currently there would be closed um, for through traffic, and uh, people coming out of the side streets would first have to make a right-hand turn and then go up to the next median opening to make a U-turn to go in the direction they wanted to travel. Another overarching concept is to put 5th Street on a road diet, which would mean reducing travel lanes and giving that space over to wider sidewalks or shared use paths. Bike lanes could be protected with a physical barrier, but those details had not yet been worked out in time for the work session. In one of the scenarios, the road diet would include a dedicated bus lane in each direction. I'll be back with the rest of the story in just a moment. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in the second Patreon-fueled shout-out, 
The Rivanna Conservation Alliance is working with the city of Charlottesville on the restoration of Riverview Park. The RCA aims to restore a 600-foot section of the Rivanna Riverbank in an area that's designated for public access to the waterway, as well as a 200-foot section of a dangerously eroding stormwater channel nearby. Another community meeting will be held in the near future to get your feedback on the work and what should be prioritized. You can learn more about the project at rivanna-river.org, and the project seeks to help Riverview Park continue to be a welcoming place to exercise, cool off, paddle, fish, play, explore, observe nature, and escape from the day-to-day stresses of life. Now for the rest of that story. After the overview, commissioners and counselors had the chance to provide feedback. During their discussion, they appeared to want more detail about what a road diet would entail, expressed support for a single-lane roundabout, and stated concerns about dedicated bus lanes. Let's begin with the Planning Commission's non-voting representative from the University of Virginia. Bill Palmer wanted to know if the needs of the emergency health system had been taken into account. From the UVA perspective, this is, I think, a pretty major corridor for emergency vehicles coming to the hospital. Bill Wunsch of EPR said if the bus lanes were dedicated, they would also be available for use by emergency vehicles. Whether it's an ambulance, fire truck, police, whatever, like they would still be able to use and access that bus lane in a single lane option. Palmer also asked what the future land use map designations were for the roadway and said that whatever alternative is selected should anticipate future development. There was no answer on this at the work session, but I can tell you that much of the corridor is designated now as medium intensity residential, with other portions designated as higher intensity residential. During the conversation, at least three counselors were skeptical about reducing capacity by eliminating travel lanes. Here's City Councilor Sina McGill. In plumbing, you've got to be careful of going from big to little. McGill added she would support some form of a dedicated bus lane, but said she would be concerned it might be difficult for those vehicles to merge back into traffic on either end. Jeannie Alexander is another EPR employee who used to work for the city. Refining some of those details about the transitions is kind of the next step. Like that, getting into those design details, yes, you're right, very important. And the make or break of many things. Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook said he was skeptical about the bus lane concept. The Route 2, Route 3, and Route 6 operated by Charlottesville Area Transit currently use the corridor. And we're devoting the largest share of asphalt to something that only takes 30 uh, 30 vehicles an hour. Uh, pardon me, um, what am I saying? To like a, a couple of times an hour, pardon me. So 30 times a day. Snook said he was concerned that constricting Fifth Street would simply route more vehicles through Bailey Road up to Prospect Avenue or onto Harris Street through the Fry Spring neighborhood. Vice Mayor Juan Diego Wade used to work as a transportation planner for Albemarle County. He echoed Snook's concern. I know what's going to happen. They're going to filter through the neighborhoods, and then we're going to get complaints about cars speeding in front of Jackson Byer and by Buford um, School, because that's where they're going to go if they see, they get off 64 and they see the traffic. Planning Commissioner Jody Lahendro said he was skeptical of many of the options. 
the conclusion I'm coming to is that this is very difficult to come up with one static solution for a road that has um, uh, various issues. Commissioner Hosea Mitchell was also concerned about the impacts of a road diet and the potential for congestion. I'm not too geeked about the um, two-lane roundabout either. I worked and lived in lots of big cities, and uh, those the two-lane roundabouts can be confusing. Mitchell said he could support a single-lane roundabout, but wanted to know more information. He also said he supported low-cost measures such as guardrails and photo enforcement of speeding and running of red lights. Planning Commissioner Kareem Habab said he would support some form of a road diet, but only if it didn't lead to too much congestion. He also said he could support a roundabout at Bailey Road. I know those are you know, great at reducing crashes or the severity of crashes at intersections, and I'm for that for a roundabout. Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg supported the road diet because he said a change in design that would lead it away from being a four-lane highway would stop the conditions that led to the three fatal crashes in 2020. In off hours, uh, Fish Street becomes a drag strip. Um, and it's just a wide open road, a total straightaway, and people can speed recklessly. Yes, it's a small minority of people, um, but road design is how we stop that. Stolzenberg agreed that the road diet concept needed to be fleshed out further. City Councilor Brian Pinkston said he supported studying the road diet and doing a study. That could mean a delay in applying for the smart scale funds. The next round will be in 2024. McGill said she wanted to know more about how a road diet would work and that she could support a single lane roundabout, but not a double one. She also said people need to understand Charlottesville's geographic role. We cannot get away from the fact that we are the urban center for a large rural community. Um, and that's that's something that we have to plan with. Councillor Michael Payne said he supported the roundabout at Bailey Road to break up the speed. You know, I think I would lean towards the road diet, but I do have a concern of us doing that without any with the level of information we have now. It does seem that more study and information is needed. Planning Commission Chair Lyle Sola Yates said he wanted the city to pursue all of the options. In general, we need to be thinking bigger, more systematically, so that we can get at these connections, at these cut-through issues. Towards the end of the conversation, city traffic engineer Brennan Duncan said he heard the concern about a two-lane roundabout, but said unless the number of lanes was reduced through a road diet, he said that would have to be the case. Just for a roundabout, in order to build one for the road that we have today, it would have to be a two-lane roundabout. Council will return to this matter at their meeting on June 21st. There are other projects nearby. Albemarle County and the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission are working on a smart-scale application for an area south of Harris Road. A TJPDC application for something called the 5th Street Trail Hub was successful in the last smart-scale round and received nearly $10 million in funds. The city was afforded eight and three quarters of a million dollars in smart scale round four for Ridge Street improvements. And the city was awarded $6.1 million for the Cherry Avenue turn lane improvements in smart scale round three. More transportation-related items in the next Charlottesville Community Engagement. Always in motion, we are... 
at the end of this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, we are. Again, special thanks to all of the people who are supporting this program, either as an individual, as a nonprofit, as a guy on a motorcycle going past, and I'm going to leave that in because I want everybody to know that my street is filled with people who use it constantly to speed through from one end of the city to the other. That happens. Uh, this is, blah, I don't know, where, where was I? I lost my train of thought. Oh, that's another thing. I wrote about trains earlier this week. Oh yeah, I'm trying to get to the end of this thing. Thank you to the supporters who have supported this, whether this be individuals, nonprofits, or the company Ting, my current sole commercial sponsor for all of their support so far in matching Substack contributions. If you sign up through Substack, the initial payment will be made through Substack. If you link in the newsletter, uh, there are some special deals if you click through and use the promo code that's in there. I don't have that information in front of me because as I keep saying, I ad-lib these and one day I'll write out the script. That day is not now. I need to start writing the script for the next travel-packed edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Thank you for listening. Stay dry out there, stay out of the wind, and stay aware of when the tornadoes might hit. Thanks for listening.